This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Robinson Crusoe, written anew for children, by James Baldwin. Chapters 16 through 19. Chapter 16. I keep myself busy. Among the things that I brought from the ship, there were several which I have not told you about. I will name them now. First, I got from the captain's desk some pens, ink, and paper. These were afterward a great comfort to me, as you shall learn. There were some charts and compasses, and three or four books on navigation. These I threw in a corner, for I did not think I should ever need them. Among my own things there were three very old Bibles, which I had bought in England, and had packed with my clothing. And I must not forget the dog and two cats that came to shore with me. I carried both the cats on my raft with my first cargo. As for the dog, he jumped off the wreck and swam to the shore. He was my best friend for a long time. He followed me everywhere. He would run and fetch things to me as I bade him. I wanted him to talk to me, but this he could not do. As for my pens, ink, and paper, I took the greatest care of them. As long as my ink lasted, I wrote down everything that happened to me. But when that was gone, I could write no more, for I did not know how to make ink. I soon found that I needed many things to make me comfortable. First, I wanted a chair and a table, for without them I must live like a savage. So I set to work. I had never handled a tool in my life, but I had a saw, an axe, and several hatchets, and I soon learned to use them all. If I wanted a board, I had to chop down a tree. From the trunk of the tree I cut a log of the length that my board was to be. Then I split the log and hewed it flat till it was as thin as a board. All this took time and much hard work, but... I had nothing else to do. I made the table and chair out of short pieces of board I had brought from the ship. Of the large boards, which I hewed from trees, I made some wide shelves along the side of my cave or kitchen. On these shelves I laid my tools, nails, and other things. I had a place for everything, and kept everything in its place. My cave looked like some stores you have seen where a little of everything is kept for sale. From time to time I made many useful things. From a piece of hard wood that I cut in the forest, I made a spade to dig with. The handle I shaped just like the handles you buy at the stores, but the shovel part was of wood and would not last long. While I was digging my cave, I found it very hard work to carry the earth and small stones away. I needed a wheelbarrow very much. I could make the frame part of this, but I did not know how to make the wheel. 
I worked four days at it, and then had to give it up. At last I made me a kind of hod, like that which masons use. It was better than a basket, and almost as good as a wheelbarrow. CHAPTER Seventeen. I HAVE A GREAT FRIGHT The very next day, after my cave was finished, a frightful thing happened. I came near losing everything, and my own life as well. I will tell you about it. I was busy behind my tent when I heard a fearful noise above my head. Before I could look up, a great load of earth and stones came tumbling down. It was a wonder that I was not buried alive. I was scared, for I thought the whole top of the cave was falling in. I ran out and climbed over my wall. The great rock behind my castle seemed to be shaking. Stones and earth were rolling down its side. An earthquake! An earthquake! I cried. The ground shook. A tall rock that stood between me and the seashore toppled over and fell. The noise was the most frightful I ever heard. There were three shocks about eight minutes apart. The strongest building you ever saw would have been overturned. I was so frightened that I did not know what to do. I sat on the ground and could not move. I could only cry over and over again, Lord, have mercy on me. After the third shock was over, I began to grow braver. But still I sat on the ground, wondering what would come next. All at once the sky was overcast. Dark clouds rolled over the sea. The wind began to blow. A dreadful hurricane was at hand. The sea was covered with foam. The waves were mountain-high. On the shore trees were torn up by the roots. If my tent had not been well sheltered behind the great rock, it would have been carried away. The hurricane lasted fully three hours. Then the rain began to pour down. All this time I sat on the ground outside, too much frightened to go back into my castle. Toward night the rain slackened, and I ventured over my wall. The tent was half beaten down, so I crept through into the cave. I was half afraid that even it would tumble down on my head. CHAPTER Eighteen. I EXPLORE MY ISLAND It rained all that night, but in the cave everything was warm and dry, and little by little I lost my fear. The earthquake and the hurricane had done great damage to my castle. I had to work hard for many days to put things to rights again. I had now been on the island about ten months. In all that time I had seen only a small part of it. One morning I set out with my gun on my shoulder for a long walk. I went up the little river where I had first landed with my rafts. I found that it was a very short river. After about two miles the tide did not flow any higher, and above that the stream was only a little brook of fresh water. Along the brook there were pleasant meadows covered with high grass. In the drier parts of these meadows I found tobacco growing wild. 
I looked for the roots of a plant which the Indians use instead of bread, but could find none. In one place, however, I saw many tall sugar canes and some fair-looking plants of a kind that was strange to me. As I went back to my castle, I wondered how I could learn something useful about the many objects I had seen. But I had never taken much thought about such things, and now I had but little chance to learn. The next day I went up the same way, but much farther. Beyond the meadows I came to some beautiful woods. Here I found several kinds of fruits. There were grapevines covering the trees, and huge clusters of ripe grapes were hanging from them. I was very glad of this. I made up my mind to come another day and gather some of this fruit. I would dry the grapes in the sun and have some raisins. Night came on while I was still in the woods, and I could not do better than stay there till morning. So I climbed into a tree and slept there quite well. It was the first night that I had spent away from home. The next day I went on through the woods for nearly four miles. At last I came to an open space where the land sloped to the west. The country was so fresh and green that it looked like a big garden. I went down into a pleasant valley, where there were many beautiful trees. There I found oranges, lemons, limes, and citrons, besides many grapes. I loaded myself with fruit and started homeward. I must come again and bring a sack, I said. It was three days before I reached my castle. By that time the fruit had lost all its flavor. The next day I went back to the same valley. I carried two small sacks to bring home my harvest. But I found many of the grapevines torn down. The fruit was scattered on the ground. Some had been eaten. Some had been trodden to pieces. A wild animal had been there. Perhaps it was a goat. Perhaps it was a larger beast. Perhaps several animals had done the mischief. CHAPTER Nineteen. I GET READY FOR WINTER I was so much pleased with the valley I had discovered that I spent much of my time there. At last I built me a small summer-house, close by a grove of orange trees. It was but little more than a bower made of the branches of trees. I built a strong fence around it. This was made of two rows of tall stakes with brushwood between. There was no gate in this fence, but only a short ladder, just as at my castle. Here I sometimes stayed two or three nights together. I gathered about two hundred clusters of grapes and hung them to dry. In due time they made the finest of raisins. I took them down and carried them to my castle. Thus, little by little, I gathered food for winter. The winters there were not cold, but the rain fell every day, and often all the day. I had just finished my bower, and was beginning to enjoy myself when the rainy season, or winter, began. What could I do but hurry back to my castle and its dry, warm cave?
For weeks I could not stir out without getting wet. My store of food began to grow small. One day, in spite of the rain, I went out and killed a goat. The next day I found a very large turtle among the rocks. This was all good luck, for I had now enough to eat for many a day. My meals were simple and plain. For breakfast I had a bunch of raisins and a bit of biscuit. For dinner I had broiled turtle. I could not have turtle soup, for I had no vessel in which to cook it. For supper I had two or three turtle's eggs. Although I was kept close indoors by the rain, I was never idle. Every day I worked at making my cave larger. I dug far in, behind the rock, and made a fine large room there. Then I made another door or way out, which opened on the outside of my wall. So now I could come into the castle, through the cellar, or kitchen, and without climbing the ladder. This was much handier and easier than the other way, but it did not seem so safe. I feared now, lest some wild beast might get into my house, and yet the biggest animal I had seen on the island was a goat. Soon after this I put a roof over my whole enclosure. I took a number of long poles for rafters and laid one end of each on the wall, while the other end leaned against the rock above the cave. These I covered with boughs of trees, long grass, and such other things as I could get. In this way I made a very good roof, which turned the rain and kept everything dry. My castle was now a very roomy place. It was quite warm and dry, even in the worst of weather. End of chapters 16 through 19 Read by Dennis Sayers in Modesto, California for LibriVox in spring 2006